welcome to the Mark's Ish Brothers podcast. My name is Joseph. I am Cam. And join us this week as we talk about The Organizer from 1963. So, I have some news before we get into the movie. Um, lots of, like, kind of strike-adjacent news. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just pull it up here. I have it on my Safari. Um, the first bit of news is actually not strike related but uh did you see this that like the whole like uh blindside uh allegations oh my god this is also it's very it's cinema related too because the the blindside so the blindside is is a movie based off a book about a real life person named michael Orr. he is a football 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 player he's retired since um basically instead of signing adoption papers he was given conservatorship papers the reason why this important is conservatorships are basically, hey, this person isn't mentally competent enough to handle their own stuff. So, so these conservators mm-hmm. are make make decisions for them, often involving money. Yeah, and so basically, his quote unquote parents were basically make and his family were making money off of him for years. And even like like the movie rights, like he didn't make any money off of the movie or anything like that. Yeah, and his female, the, 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 the family each got like a couple of million dollars, and then the movie goes to three hundred million, so probably like two to, five, two, two to five million each. Yeah, he didn't get any of it. Yes, he played in the NFL. Yes, yes, he was a first round pick. He probably he he definitely did earn some money, but how many, how much of it? He's gotten up until up until this point is still up in the air. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is gonna be an ongoing thing for a while. Yeah. Um, and him getting, getting the m- 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 money back. Closest thing that I've seen to this is probably Jack Johnson. Okay. Um, yeah. And, that was uh, with Columbus, right? Is yeah. Columbus. Yeah. His. his baby, for, baby, for those who don't watch hockey, it's a hockey thing. Yeah. Um, he had his his parents be his agents. Yeah. And they were just like they spent like all of his money, and he went into yeah, like debt. On, yeah. <laughs> off of his. Off of his money, they were like, "Yeah, what if we buy a yacht?" And like, and he somehow managed managed to 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 forgive them, and move on. He's a better person than 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 I am. Yeah, but this is almost worse because like what this like really highlights is like the toxicity of like adoption and stuff like that. People are able to like just like adopt or like not even adopt, but like basically take a person, make money off of them, and I don't know. It just definitely has like like a race aspect that like. He's black, and the like parent, the the adopted parents were white, and I don't know. It, it just seems very toxic and scary, and uh, I don't know. I feel as though there should be more protections for people who get adopted. Yeah, especially because he was like pretty much eighteen. Yeah, when he was he, he was basically an adult when he was ad- adopted. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's pretty cringe. Uh, yeah. w- w- white people be out here. Well. Well, so yeah, uh, okay. Well, now now I have some strike news. So uh, the first little bit is that there has been a lot of like phone calls between executives. So mm-hmm. uh, right now there's been like twelve media executives who are on like regular phone calls. Um, not really making much headway, I would say, since they're not really looking like they're meeting the demands of the writers or the actors. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, as IndieWire, like I'm reading the IndieWire article here, and like uh, kind of the biggest name that's not in it is that Bob Iger is not a part of these calls, Oof. which seems very interesting considering he is the CEO of Disney and 
That's like the, the biggest. biggest <laughs> the, the, the biggest media, media company that there is. Yeah. Also, uh, Disney Plus is going to start cracking down on uh, password sharing, which is like, mm-hmm. great. Someone should crack down on the skull. How about that, punk? Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. uh, he's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Cringe. So that, that's interesting. Hopefully we see some, some headway and they meet the demands of the actors and the writers because. Uh, that sure be great, wouldn't Joseph? Wouldn't that be great? But, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll keep we'll keep watching and we'll see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, this is kind of an update on the story I was uh, talking about last week, how, um, like, SAG after they said that they were going to, like, approve movies for, like, the actors that met the demands of their uh, contract. But now they've since reversed that, uh, where they will no longer approve indie projects that are written under WGA contract. So any Writers Guild films um, will not be approved to be acted with. Um, Basically, so, like, they're showing support to... Uh, the writers by doing this so basically rather than okay. just taking yeah. care of the actors and be like all right well the actors will make their money they're like oh like we should also like show solidarity with the writers which i think is, mm-hmm. is very good and uh i think like shows like a powerful sort of uh like solidarity which is always a good thing like, solidarity forever exactly yeah also so otherwise person once said yeah so uh that made me happy that they are showing solidarity that they're not just in it for the money of their actors, but they are actually trying to protect cinema and cinema makers as a whole. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's, that's the news I have. Do you have any other news? Not particularly. I think that's, that's about what I was going to say. Nice. Well then let us get into the movie. Uh, together, we thought that it would be a good idea you know, with the strikes going on and such to uh, explore some, classics of leftist and union movies and this is going to be kind of the first in that series yeah so because of the labor the disputes we only wanted to talk about movies about labor and leftist and i i specifically the labor part is important to me um this film again from, from 1963 it's a multinational film it's a italian french yugoslavian european joint adventure uh, had had its premiere at the 35th Congress of the Italian Socialist Party. It was nominated for Best Original Screenplay at the, at the 37th Academy Awards. Uh, fast facts. <laughs> it's uh, directed by Mario Monticelli, written by Mario Monticelli, Ajay, and Scarpelli. Uh, stars all Italian names. Marcello Mastiani, Renato Salvatore, uh, Falco Luliti uh, and other people. Well, there's also a, a French actor. Uh, what's his name? The uh, the guy who dresses the best, Bernard uh, Blier. True, Blier. He, 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 he he's he's my personal favorite. Uh, what, do a quick little synopsis if you if you will. All right. So it's about this factory set in Turin, which is in Italy. Um, so basically, they were they they, they start. They get up at five thirty. Probably work. Probably start starting at six, and they work till eight thirty in the evening, uh, which is a long time. Uh, which, I would, start work, which would kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, I start work at six now, and I get off at two two thirty. That's pretty great because I I, I get my whole afternoon and evening to mm-hmm. do what I would do what I want. 
like these record a leftist podcast. Exactly. And these people don't have that, which sucks, man. So they're like, hey, mm-hmm. let's start a union. Well, more specifically, uh, one of their like coworkers dies. Yeah. No, he, he doesn't die. He loses his hand. He loses his hand yeah, because he falls Pain. asleep at work and then his hand gets caught in uh, machinery. Um, so like it's set at like the, the turn of the uh, 18th to 19th century. Yeah. So like kind of like right around like I'd say like 1900 is basically when it's set. Yeah. Um, so I said it wrong. It's it's set right around the 19th to the end 20th of, century. End, end of 19th century. Yes. Uh, but yeah. So that, that that's kind of the inciting incident. So the the, the these workers they already start to want to organize. But they they're they're bad at it. They don't know how. They need someone to be an organizer. Yes, and that's where the professor comes in. Uh, so uh, g- give us your initial thoughts. Oh, I loved it. It's just it's a nice little film that moves at a good pace. It everything's just established in the first like ten minutes. You get the first shift. You get the this is their morning routine. This is how they live. Mm-hmm. You see the clock at certain times, and then like is like, and then. Obviously, you see the incident, and then and they kind of talk about it, but then they, they, they don't know how to express the things, and then all of a sudden, this guy comes up on the train, he's like, hey, what's up? It's me. I'm a professor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my initial, so this is not, not a deep thought, but just my initial thought is that the working class people here dress pretty cool. Right. I don't know. Like, Dri- uh, dripping. The, the dripper, especially uh, like the kind of balding uh, French man. Yeah. Uh, he he like with his little po- toque. Po- Potasso. Po- po- I don't know. Po- I, I'm, I'm gonna butcher any Italian name, but uh, okay. his, his little his little beanie, his little uh, toque, as we call it here, and his, his overcoat, and and it's kind of the, uh, my thought on that is, like that's basically how like rich people dress right now. And yeah. my, my thought is like, hey, like rich people have like no style in themselves, so they need to steal it either from other cultures or from poor people. Yeah. And yeah, that's just kind of my initial thought, which I found uh, just kind of funny. Um, this did a really good job of showing like industrialization and kind of the transition from peasants to city workers really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in my classes, I've done a lot of like history classes and like history of capitalism and stuff, and this did a really good job in my opinion of capturing sort of the feelings and kind of fears of that era that usually isn't captured in a lot of movies i find like Mm -hmm. even like let's say like in shows and stuff that are set in this time period i don't think they really quite capture what it felt like to be just like a a worker at this time period I would like, say the closest that comes to that is probably Peaky Blinders, and that one is more of like a gangster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and even that, no, that one's like. Well, one I think it was. That, that, sorry, that's two, 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 two is set in like nineteen, nineteen ish. It's just after World War One. Yeah. But it, it it feels like just this this way with the way it's it's designed and made it that show feels like it could be almost a, a, any time between. 1890 whatever and now but yeah but yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah i just thought it was really good and what i found kind of interesting is that it was quite progressive on a lot of like women's stuff in this movie Mm -hmm. i'm not Mm -hmm. sure if you like uh 
uh, well, what I had was so, like like women like were like defending themselves, and they were like uh, so, like uh, one of the early scenes, like a man was kind of being creepy and like looking at trying to look up a woman's skirt, and Oof. she's like, "Hey, you can't do that. I'm gonna throw a rock at you." And back it's, off. <laughs> like like it shows like that she has agency and like is an independent person who can like fight for herself and doesn't need a man to defend her, which I thought was kind of yeah. cool. Um, another like specific line that I thought was really interesting that I think you might have appreciated, but when. Uh, uh, what, what's the boy's name? Um, Raul. Yeah, when he's talking to the girl, and yeah. uh, they're talking about like Jesus, and she, uh, she's like, uh, Jesus basically was genderless. Yeah. Uh, what What do you think of that? I'm like, that's pretty based. Well, even like I don't, I refer to God as usually non-pronouns or we're referring to God as they works really great because also like the Trinity which is like a multiple mm-hmm. also also you can also also like singular they is also pretty poggers but like multiple they also works for God yeah. because the Trinity and such yeah but I just thought that was just a really interesting thing because that's kind of a discussion that a lot of people are having now but like oh like God doesn't have a gender why do we yeah. always uh, put a gender on God and to have that kind of like as a line in this movie, I just found it to be really interesting and quite yeah, a- ahead of its time. From like a film in the sixties, exactly. Exactly, that's like a pretty. Interesting. Also, like, like I'm pretty sure one of the main women is a sex worker. Yes, like the one, oh, yeah. the one that he, one and that he, he stays over with. Yeah, um, which is yeah, like like very progressive, and you can definitely see that it's being. I, I wouldn't necessarily call this a, a uh, an Italian neorealism movie, but it's yeah. definitely inspired. By that sort of wave from like the 40s and 50s mm-hmm. because like a lot of the stuff like just feels real like, like each character I, I think that's one of the strong points of this movie is that like every character that you interact with that's a working class person feels like they have a whole life like in their back it was like, like behind them whereas yeah. like uh, like the rich people in this movie just feel kind of empty which I, I definitely think is intentional but uh like each of the the main characters that we kind of follow just feels so fully realized and mm-hmm. uh, yeah I don't know I, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, you, you don't get any like downtime with the rich people. It's always them either them at the office or them with throwing lavish parties. Yeah, but, like it's never like the rich people just with their families or ha- or living or having their home life like, like you do with the working working class people, even though like. I think something that's pretty clear is that like the strike is probably the first time that some of these workers haven't been able to like have quality time with their families mm-hmm. in the duration of that they've been working because like it's just just because like again if you start work at six, six o'clock and you're start and you end at eight thirty you have what like half an hour yeah. to spend with the family eat and then go to bed like well and like like uh, it showed at the beginning one of the workers got his his wife to like bring their child to the the work like uh facility because he yeah. like could never see his little baby because it was always yeah. like in bed when when he was done work yeah always and, sleeping yeah sleeping when he gets when he's leaving and is going to bed when he gets home yeah and, and like one of the uh, i forgot who says this but like one of the lines is like basically prison is better than the work environment because at least there they get to see their family which i thought was like was like oh yeah i mean you definitely can feel like the fears of that era which i think was captured quite well by uh this director 
Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is kind of just like a, a random little funny thing, but uh, uh, dogs are cops, as described by this movie. <laughs> um, for those who haven't seen this movie, you should see it. But uh, basically, uh, in their early actions, one of the guys like pulls a, a, a whistle to like stop work, and a dog barks and rats him out where he is. Oh, what a... So that's why I say dogs are cops because cats would never do that. True. But also, <laughs> yeah. also d- dogs are also victims of cops. Yes, very dogs. much so. Do- <laughs> if if cops didn't exist, dogs wouldn't be like that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe to uh, to extent. Yeah, but definitely what you can tell, like just from like the politics of. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll butcher the name. How, how do you say the director's name? Mons, Monticelli. Monticelli, I'd guess. Okay, yes. Anyways, you can definitely tell this politics is that he's like a vanguardist. I don't know if you know what uh, 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 vanguardism is. I'm vaguely f- familiar with some of... That's one that I'm not as, as familiar with. So it's it's like a, a Leninist idea. So basically, um, like the understanding is that like movements are from workers, from the ground up. Like yep. that, like that's definitely the thing. But uh, it only lasts and works if there's like an educated top, like sort of circle of people that help kind of realize the ideas of the workers. Mm-hmm. So, like, basically, like they, they view that like like most workers don't have time to educate themselves because they're working all the time. So, what they need is kind of. Uh, a group of people who is well educated who can uh, can articulate the ideas of the workers just to mm-hmm. make it have like more concrete to the bourgeoisie which i i, I partially agree with yeah. especially in this time it made more sense but like now i'd say it's a little, a little bit more complicated but i i'm just i'm just kind of mentioning it because like it is like a a big idea in leftism that uh if you're like kind of on the fringe of of like more uh I guess um, established leftism, then you would like know what vanguardism. But if you're kind of like on the fringe and like still kind of like not not like an academic like I am in in leftism, or if you, not you terminally know online, or not terminally online, exactly. So <laughs> which uh, I, I say, who is that? Also doesn't <laughs> know. I kind of I feel like it's, leftist discourse online is toxic. Very like, much so because like. For me, I I just associate everything left of like whatever as like t- tankies, which like obviously tankies are like they're, they're, again, there's pros and cons to every idea. And, like, and also, I'd say like so much of it is just random words that people like to put on groups that they disagree with. Yeah, like but, tanky used to mean you used to mean something. It was specifically a British term. Yeah, but now it just means. Wherever you want it to be, someone is left of me. They're they're tanky. But like, like it's something that's like been happening for like the entirety of like socialist thought, right? Like, yeah. Look at like Trotsky, right? Like, there's Trotskyists who uh, were like a whole subsect of, of leftism that were was like against uh, Stalin, right? But then like Fair. Trotsky also had some uh, weird ideas and yeah. Uh, so like it, it's it's kind of a a known thing within leftism, but. Going back to this movie, I think this does a really good job of explaining the idea of vanguardism to a more general audience. Yep. And even to leftists who, like, maybe don't know much about kind of the histor- 
like the historic ideas and traditions of leftists, which I also think is very important to kind of know the history of leftism. And I think this movie does a really good job of explaining that and doing it in a way that's interesting and compelling. And uh, I found it to be inspiring as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, I've been I've been trying to discover more about like leftist history and like labor strikes. I just recently discovered what the Haymarket massacre was, mm-hmm. um, and like cause that already would have happened in in this timeline. So that happened in the eighteen eighties, I think. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's pretty. Like, I, 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 I kind of wish they'd, they'd give credence or like mention. I mean, they kind of mention a bit of like other cities going through the whole labor stuff, but like, not a ton. Mm-hmm. Well, even like here in Canada, like, well, I, I live in Winnipeg. If you haven't known that already, but uh, what we're known here for is uh, like the nineteen nineteen general strike, which was one of Let's the go. the bigger general strikes in North America specifically. But what's interesting about that is that it actually was a failed strike. Uh, the the military was sent in, the police were sent in, and they shut they stopped the strike, right? Yeah. And the demands were not met. So it's yeah. very interesting that that's what's celebrated. But even like other. Uh, movements like let's say I, i'm not sure if you even know about this but like the track to ottawa right uh during the great depression there was a, a movement of workers who were like hey why am i employed like i should be able to survive and they went on a train starting in uh, uh western canada and they were going east to ottawa they got stopped in regina and they were shot at by the police in regina and there was a huge massacre there and not a lot of people know about it right classic so i i think it's very important to know the history of leftist movements in canada specifically because uh if you're not from canada so much of canadian uh general like thought is that oh like canadian history is super boring right like how many times have you heard that like oh like we we just like listening to american history because american history is at least interesting but if you look at like the leftist struggles in canada i would say Canadian history is fascinating and yeah. it's, it's it's often like neglected because obviously like the powers that be don't really want to bring to light all of the uh, all the struggles that leftists have made in this country. Yeah, I think it's bo- it's boring intentionally. Yes, exactly. Not, like again, if you do if you <laughs> I hate the phrase do do your own research, uh, do your own like reading do you, like analysis whatever obviously peer peer reviewed information yeah if, you, if you're in a university take a, a labor studies class oh yeah Love if, me uh i mean hey if you, if you ever want to like any labor recommendation like books let me know i uh i have i have the goods yes uh, sure. Anyways, we should probably get back to to the movie. But yes. the, the nice thing about this movie, like I was saying, is it it inspires thought and like discussion, and uh, that's what I think makes this movie really like one of my personal favorites at this current moment. Yeah. Um, anyways, getting back to the movie, what I found really interesting was how it kind of called out capital's use of unemployment to keep themselves rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they, they make like the obvious point, like, hey, like if you guys don't work, we'll find p- other people who do. And there's like a whole like sort of scab scene uh, and stuff yeah. like that. And like that's still relevant today because, uh, like here in Canada again, they're using unemployment as a tool to uh, quote unquote battle inflation. But like, how's that helping anyone? Right? It only helps the capitalists because then it makes sure that there's a, uh, as Marx would uh, put it, uh, a reserve army of labor. So yeah. I, I, the whole idea is that there has to always be workers 
that are ready and willing to work. And that's why in Canada, like we always kind of have like five to 3% unemployment because yeah. we just, they like uh, capitalism only works if a certain amount of people are unemployed because it gives them more power. If there was complete employment, then we could just switch jobs and have way more power to choose what we actually wanted to do. But yeah, it's not like that. Anyways, I just thought that was kind of interesting. A uh, little tip, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, also very good portrayal good good as an accurate portrayal of police they are a tool of the of the owning class mm-hmm. uh, you see that very very specifically in, in a few scenes where they track down the professor to one of the, the people's house and they search it and they whatever mm-hmm. even though like he's not breaking any laws he's just kind of vibing mm-hmm. t- teaching people about about rights and unions and labor organizing but like so it's not like law not uh laws laws are laws are, are threats right like it's yeah like it's a threat it's a threat of the state if you do this we will pursue you we will attack you we will do 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 violence against you it's a threat yeah and 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 police enforce that. And who and, and who runs the who 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 runs the top? It's the owning class. It's the capitalists. It's the whatever. Mm-hmm. So even then, like at, at the ending, spoiler alert, they kill one of the strikers. Yep, and I think that's a very accurate uh, depiction of how the police work. Right, like the police and the military are not here for us. They are here to protect the rich. Yeah. Which is why most leftists, in case like you're not a leftist and you're wondering why so much of leftist thought right now is like, hey, like g- defund or uh, demolish the police, it's because of this. Policing yeah. is not for us, it is for protecting capital. Like, why do you think that uh, like businesses being broken into gets way more attention than indigenous women in uh, landfills? Because like the police are not for the people they are for money and capital yeah. and the rich but yeah 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 things so, so i'm like am i like inherently anti-police i'm like eh, it depends on on the day but, but i'm against the systems that they enforce and, and yeah. if, they're, if they're in the way of that then that's then that's too bad like it's, yeah um what i do think this movie does good is uh makes the professor not seem like like a, a god like He's not mm-hmm. all all good. Like he he does have flaws, which I think is is very important to make this movie not just like blatant propaganda for like <laughs> I, don't, I don't know like strikes and making it just look like oh like everything will be okay if we go on strike because mm-hmm. like the professor I think is a flawed person. Like I don't know he's cheating on his wife I guess in a certain sense and like yeah not take not really taking care of his kids I guess would could be seen as like a, a big flaw. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I, just, I thought that was, and like, but he also does a lot of good. So I think it's a good way of like humanizing him and making like so many movies today, like heroes just do are able to do everything and like they have no flaws. <laughs> and I think that's what makes this like like a neo realist uh, style movie because he he does have flaws and he's a very realistic person. Sorry, not to bring Oppenheimer into this. One of one of the complaints that that, that, that I've seen about Oppenheimer is that you can't root for him because he's a morally more morally great person and the movie shows that mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah yeah he has some good things he also, he also does all bad things he, he cheats on his wife he's a womanizer he did he he did develop well he he's the main person behind, behind the nuclear bomb like he does you see a lot of things but also oh 
how we how how are we rooting from? You're not like it's mm-hmm. and like I think it's one not to not to once again delve into people who don't know how to watch movies, but like if you have to infer some things, like you like it's not a baby you're being spoon fed. Like you're you have to be able to like keep keep track of things and like see how characters interact. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like everything they say. There's action. There's nonverbal stuff. There's all all kinds of things that like isn't spoon fed to you. Yeah, I mean that's like a big reason why I I'm a huge fan of uh, like French New Wave or even like Italian uh, neorealism and like stuff like that, which mm-hmm. like oftentimes isn't like mentioned nearly as much as I think it should be or or revisited. Mm-hmm. Um, but what this movie does make me want to do is like revisit movies by this director like he did some interesting movies like he did this one uh another one that looked interesting is uh oh which one was it uh like my friends is interesting oh. um it's, a, it's in my uh, watch list but uh and, and then also like some of the actors are uh in a bunch of movies i want to see like uh the main uh, like the professor uh marcello uh Mastro- mastriani i butchered that yeah but anyways like he's in um uh, eight and a half, which is like uh, a iconic movie by uh, Federico Fellini, like one of the greatest Italian directors, right? Yeah. So and now I'm like, oh, like maybe those movies would be good, or even like I like I said, I really liked uh, Bernard Blier, and he's in a lot of like really interesting movies that I wanted to see, or um, uh, another one of the the main characters, um, uh, Raoul, he's in a movie that I've really wanted to see for a long time, which is Z. Or, or Zed, however you want to yeah. say it. But like, like that's a, a big, like, anarchist movie, also from Italy. So uh, what I like about, like, movies like this is it just makes you want to explore cinema more and, like, looking mm-hmm. back at, like, the history, which I think is what makes it, like, art, right? Like, the same way, like, you see how art is inspired by past works. You see how movies are inspired by past works. And it just, I don't know, it, it makes me excited. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like movies, too, and it probably makes you excited, too. The movies, yes. Uh, anyways, more more on back to back to the movie. Uh, let me just pull back my notes. Um, yeah, I thought this also did like a good job of showing how, like, it is a class war, and like yeah. and like it's literally a war because like people are dying. Yeah, like multiple workers die, and but what I think this shows really well is how it does seem to pain the workers a lot more about people dying than like the ruling class mm-hmm. because I don't know, it just makes it seem more human, which I definitely think the director is going for. Mm-hmm. And it just shows like kind of the empathy. Cause like the workers are obviously like, they're barely like making it by and they're donating money to like the family of like the people who die and stuff like that. And I, I just think that was a really good kind of, I guess like telling of how even when people are poor, they like take care of each other, which I, I think is, is something I've experienced in my own life uh, growing up with not very much money. Um, yeah. Seeing how people were willing to take care of you. And usually it was like the other poor people who would take care of you, not, not some rich person. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Even, even like you see like the, with the school teacher who's taking up collections. Yeah. And how he gets told off by the admin, by administration. Like, no, you can't be doing that because Whatever, whatever, yeah, education systems. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where, like, also, like, um, how, like, even now there's a whole, like, 
anti-whatever stuff in schools, anti-whatever politics, quote-unquote, which can be refused to refer, refer to a, a multiple of things. Mm-hmm. But like, or, or like, stay away from our kids. We can't be teaching them about whatever. It's like, it's one of those things where like, kids should be learning about important things, like mm-hmm. politics, like, well, not, not po- 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 politics as in like, how things are done, how... Like how the systems that we live on. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you want to keep keep whatever party or bias out of it, sure, just teach them the the information. Mm -hmm. They they can come to their own own conclusions after. Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's definitely not how it is. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. But overall, I think this was just a really well made movie, and I think it tells a really put together and inspiring and powerful story, Mm -hmm. and should be required viewing for anyone who. He's kind of dipping their toes into leftism and wants to kind of see what it's about because it's not all sunshine and roses being a leftist. No. It's no. oftentimes very hard, and I think this movie shows how it is that way. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, uh, sure. do you have any final thoughts on this movie before we give it a little rating? Uh, go and watch it, and also I'm gonna tell my friends about it. It's yeah. Good to <laughs> it, it's on Criterion, so that's yeah. that's great. Great, great service by great, great service by by the way. It does like. It tells you what's leaving at the end of the month. So you have a, you have a whole thirty days to like watch whatever you want to. That's a great that's a great great feature. Mm-hmm. It really like is. Some, service, some services are just like like you you have to pull something up and then they're like oh it's, oh it's leaving or whatever. But Another like also, great service in that vein, Tubi. It also tells you when things are leaving at the end of the month. Tubi's isn't also Tubi's free. Yes, T- Tubi's is so. the people's. <laughs> Yeah. Criterion costs a little, little bit too, too much for that, but yeah. Oh well. But I'd rather give my money, give my money to Criterion than other services. True. I say, I, I, I say as I pay for Disney Plus and Paramount Plus. And I pay for nothing. My sister pays for it all, and I leech off of it like a, like a. She can afford to. Exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's just solidarity. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I give this movie a crisp two thumbs up because I loved it. Oh, me too. Uh, that's a two crisp thumbs up with letter holding strike signs and solidarity. Nice. Anyways, <laughs> it is now time for the letterboxed game. Oh boy. Uh, you didn't do great last time because I you didn't. guessed, uh, well, you and Irma both guessed like three times and you got all three wrong. <laughs> Pain. Uh, so, yeah, let's see. So that, that, that made me feel a little pr- uh, good about my. Uh, tricking skills so we'll see too, if i can too good you're overconfident so i might be overconfident so we'll see if uh, you get it back so the first one the professor fox the second one it's about the people and for the people a powerful yet heartbreaking ode to societal misconstructions third always be united and scare the masters fourth what a sad world this is. Capitalism is a bitch. I guess that number three is the fake one. Always be united and scare the masters? Uh, it's like one in four seems seem very letterboxed reviews. <laughs> TM. Oh, man. Which one? Three. Yep. Three. Three is the fake one. You are... Incorrect. Uh, I was the first one. I thought I thought I saw that review when I when I when I watched it like a week uh, two weeks ago. I thought I remember seeing that review. You said that last time too. <sighs> Pain. But 
<laughs> but the, ha, ha. The, the oppressor does fuck. Yes, he does. Screen. Yes, he does. Also, uh, can we talk? I'm, 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 I'm not sure if we should wait because, but it's it's very topical. What? Sex scene discourse. Oh, uh, we, we we'll 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 do that. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll we'll, we'll find a good movie and then we'll discuss it. Okay. Yes. Uh, tune, in, tune in next time for sex talk with joseph and cam let's go <laughs> uh, that's what everyone wants uh anyways that has been our episode this week thank you for listening tune in next week when we talk about A something sexy movie yes probably mm. oh lovely. boy <laughs> <laughs> lovely uh but bye now we also forgot to talk about news, so let's record the news, and then I'll splice it together. How's that sound? Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, we sound got reminded. Oh, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, well, we're, we're going. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I think that was a pretty good episode, so. It was. Uh, that's good. Um, Well, this is our third time recording a, a snippet of this podcast, and uh, here's here's our, our recommendations for this week. Uh, Cam, uh, what's yours? Uh, I'll recommend High School Musical, the musical, the series. Season nice. four just dropped on Disney Plus. It's the final, final series. This show launched Disney Plus. It was the same. T- it, it released the same day as Mandalorian season one, mm-hmm. and. The fact that Mandalorian is going on past that the show is kind of cringe because like the Mandalorian is not good. No, it hasn't been good. I I I didn't even even finish season three of Mandalorian. I watched the first episode. He kind of drowned in water, and I was like, "That's enough for me." <laughs> I stopped watching. Passing that dog. Yeah. Um, the show is really really well done. Um, it launched the career of Olivia Rodrigo so you much where she. What. What. High school, high school, high school you, you launched the career of Olivia Rodrigo. The, the show did. No, you did. I did. Correct. You personally. I'm the biggest 
because he's as I'm a big base fan, fan of that show. So you're, literally you're season you're four. The one I know of, at least. I'm the only one that I know. Of. No one, no, no one that I know has watched the show. So if you watch the show, please, please talk to me. I need to talk to someone about this <laughs> because it's, it's a great show. and I have many thoughts. Okay. Um, I have made. I have. I have tweaked my my TikTok algorithm to be of all the I have found a way. I've influenced the algorithm. So very nice. Great show. Well, that's a good recommendation. My recommendation is the movie Safe, which is Ooh. from 1995. It uh, stars Julianne Moore. It's directed by Todd Hayes. Ooh, Hayes. Uh, it's a great movie. Highly recommend. It's uh, kind of uh, like a psychological thriller about this woman who basically thinks that she's dying and it's kind of like is she dying or not and it really kind of captures the loneliness and isolation that we get from neoliberalism oh yeah so yeah that's my recommendation this week i think that's it okay goodbye (laughs) bye again